What are your thoughts on the economy? Hello, hello. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, October twenty sixth. I'm Jay Skeets. Alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. Got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live on YouTube. Make sure you guys subscribe, like, comment, and share the show. We are trying, and if I'm being honest, failing <laughs> at hitting 50,000 subs by Halloween night. Oh, we got a ways to go here in not many days, but that's okay. Thanks to everybody that has subscribed. and At least we're sub 50,000, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Good point. Uh, we got an action-packed show here. So much to talk about. We're one week into the season, so we'll get into uh, surprises from seven days of basketball and MVP leaders and predictions gone right or bad. We're going to talk about the games last night. But first, guys, two days in a row for this week, and we got our second wedgie. Luckily, the Blazers-Clippers game, so that means Lamar Hurd was on the call. Roll it, J.D. Iron it out and pops free to Simons. Simons goes right back to the rack, lays it up, and it's lodged between the rim and the glass. We got our first wedgie of the season. Oh, that's the way the night is gone. Our friends at No Dunks are celebrating because they live for the wedges. <laughs> we live for the wedgies. That's right. Hashtag we are wedgie, Lamar. Uh, first wedgie for the Blazers, of course. Second wedgie on the season. WedgieTracker.com has already updated. And Tass, I know you're going to like the look of that. Yesterday when we showed you this, said we were on pace for just 49. Ugh. Already, just one more last night. Boom, jumping up to 52. And it feels so right that Lamar heard on the call who was – a big backer of the wedgie last season just yep. couldn't stop giving a shout-out because the Blazers had wedgie after wedgie after wedgie, and he's just got to get Kevin Calabro onto the plan here. You know, Calabro said the ball lodged, Roger lodged between the <laughs> rim and the backboard. Let's go, Calabro. You're our guy. It's great to hear his voice, but now you, you got to get with it. They're going to come fast and furious now. They come well, that's what happened I last gotta year. I got to agree. Now that we got uh, the Blazers in the mix, they're just going to be sticking like crazy. We got the Wedgie Whisperer, Lamar Hurd, and the Baron of the Ball Stall himself, Anthony Simons, <laughs> collaborating on yeah. the second Wedgie of the season. We might not be on pace for 50,000 subs by Halloween, but at least we're on pace for 50 Wedgies this season. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, yeah. I saw um, Israel Top Shot Community. They tweeted at us, Trey, um, Anthony Simons. Is Mr. Wedgie at this point? He's he got is. the Wedgie moment on Top Shot, and he plays for Lamar Lamar Hurd's Blazers, the Wedgie Whisperer. So yeah, I think he does have that title, um, which is great to see. Lately, already at two here. Yes, it is, and uh, all the jokes there, the collaboration there for the Wedgie. I was on that one there too, Trevor. You got in first. So. <laughs> oh. Scoot you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's a collodged bro, something like that. That's what he said. I don't know. I'm uh, yeah, I'm maybe. on the fly here. Not working too well, but. Great to have Lamar heard. I mean, what is it about the Blazers? We thought maybe it was like the Blazers' home court, but I think it's just wherever the Blazers go, the wedgies will follow. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a pretty rare type of wedgie too, like a, a little softy, a layup, mm. a soft wedgie there on the left side, stuck it. You love it. Okay, 
Fantastic stuff. Shout out to our guy, Lamar Hurd. Let's play a little What You Got this morning, boys. What you got? What you got? Yeah, tickle the ivory there. What you got? It's really simple. Fun way to sort of uh, recap some of the games last night. We'll bounce around, I'm sure. The first one, though, we're starting dunks here on No Dunks. My goodness, there were a lot of hammers last night. I'm only going to give you three options. Apologies to John Collins and, and many others in the association last night. But dunk of the night, guys. Lowry Markinen on the Joker. Jalen Brown on Miles Bridges. Or Miles Bridges... Off of a slick dime from LaMelo Ball. So, Tass, you can get us started here. Dunk in the night from those three. What you got? You know, how many dunks did we have last night? That was ridiculous that it started off like that. It started off as the John Collins dunk of the night, and that was quickly usurped by a bunch of guys. But to me, the easy answer is Jalen Brown, the most violent of all the dunks. Miles mm. Bridges, violent. But Jalen Brown's... Violent mm. on somebody, oh. on a dunker himself, who went after that thing. Yep. And that's the biggest thing. He really tried to block it. So that, that's the biggest part. Miles Bridges added the dunk the other way that was uh, that was hard. He really punched it. But Jalen Brown's pretty. He cocks back both of those legs. So that's what really gets me excited. When I see that photo Ooh. right there that the Boston Celtics put up, that's just that's the thing of beauty. Larry Markinen, good, best dunk in a zero-zero game ever. But Jalen Brown, <laughs> okay. So we got a vote for Jalen Brown in the overtime there. Celtics big run uh, and on uh, Bridges. Bridges, I think, tweeted too. Hey, look, I'm jumping every time trying to block that in, in a close game in I'm, overtime. I love okay. that part. I'm jumping every time in a close game. He's like, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. get dunked on <laughs> during a blowout. That's ridiculous. Uh, but. I'm with Tass. It's got to be Jalen Brown. As Yariel was saying here in the stream team, that dunk was basically the dagger yeah. of the game. I think it was yeah. a three-point lead for the Celtics at the time when Jalen Brown went up, and he's like, I know that guy's a dunker. I have to try and dunk it as hard as possible. Took the air out of the building for the Hornets, and uh, you know, from there on, it was all the Celtics game. You don't see a dagger dunk very often, so I would say that Jalen Brown, best dunk of the night. However, I do think that Lowry Markkinen, had the best poster of the night, uh, getting his dunk on uh, Nikola Jokic here right down the lane, as Tass was saying, kicking it off with a bang. <laughs> a little bit of a Tom Chambers gliding up on Jokic's chest mm-hmm. here. And the thing I really loved about the Markinen dunk was the picture that the Cavs put up. These photographers are incredible. Look how statuesque this mm-hmm. Lowry Markinen dunk yeah. looks here on Nikola Jokic. It looks like he's jumping about 15 feet in the air because you actually can't see that his feet aren't that high off the ground because he's a seven-footer. I love the poster of this, but Jalen was the dunk of the night for me. Te- uh, Lee, what do you think here? What's yeah, Jokic actually gets away with... Uh, he was a bit of an Anderson Varagel there with the legs going back up in the air when Dwayne Wade dunked on him. But because it was at home and he was kind of off to the side, you don't see that so much. But uh, it's tough to go past Jalen Brown, but I will take Miles Bridges for the entire play. I'm not sure if that really counts, but yeah, LaMelo okay. Ball here with just a gorgeous pass like that. <laughs> and then Bridges punches it down. Now, if you're watching the, the Charlotte Hornets feed there, I think you get the uh, Eric Collins bump on this 
Bruce as well because he goes completely crazy. Right. But that's kind of like being wind assisted in the 100 meters race. You know, it's like it's, it's an advantage <laughs> because it makes it feel like the dunk is perhaps better than it was because it's Eric Collins there. But uh, Lamello, I mean, just coming down the lane there, you know, skipping through and then flipping it over his uh, shoulder. I mean, can you imagine if that's a turnover? Or, you know, it's like, oh, what's he doing? Well, that, that, hold on. Hold on. That should have been. He wasn't passing that to Bridges. Right? Where do you think he was going? Plumley. He's going to the plum dog, I think. I don't think so. I <laughs> yeah, don't think, I think so. so. Interesting. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I don't know. It definitely I... could have been. Hey, I love Lamello. I love this play, but uh, I do not think I don't he was think so. actually it's too going high. Uh, I'm giving, too I'm high giving Lamello Plumlee. credit. Yeah, wow. it's too high, I think. I, I think he sees Bridges coming Yeah, it was too there. high. It was a bad pass to Plumley. <laughs> Luckily, Bridges was cutting into the middle there. I'm just yeah. saying. But uh, Bridges getting that, that was certainly the dunk of the night at that point last night. But uh, all the other ones came through <laughs> later on. And it was just an incredible night. Anthony Edwards had a huge run. John Collins just did his standard sort of uh, baptizing his defender there as well. But uh, what yeah, a great night. So I think Jalen Brown, though, impact. Uh, on a on another guy challenging for that dunk and the fact that it basically sealed the game. I think he gets the three votes there. But uh, Markinen's was huge and a- unexpected. Uh, and Bridges was just the, probably the most enigmatic because Eric Collins uh, really yeah. sells it, as he always does. Yeah, I, I can't go with Markinen's because I don't even think that's his best dunk from the calendar year. He had a huge one on Sweet Moses Brown, like back in March. He's got some where, dunks. Uh, I think it was it was better than even this one. And... Yeah, I'm with you guys. It's Jalen to me, mainly because I, I don't get too hyped for a dunk when the defender, uh, in in Jokic's case, just stood there. Like, yeah. he's trying to take a charge. So he's like, he's not really challenging the dunk. He's like, ah, I'll see if I can get like sort of a, you know, a, a quick offensive foul here. And and sure, Markinen skied over him. Like you said, Trey, the poster looks awesome, but... You know, he wasn't jumping. This one, Bridges is like, he's trying to just deny Jalen Brown there. And that is just uh, two awesome dunkers going at it uh, above the rim. So that gets my vote as well. And it sounds like most people are sort of in agreement here. Go ahead, Lee. Good comment here from Alexi here about the uh, Lamello ball pass. He's not wasting that on Plum Dog. <laughs> hey, look, I love it. People are all in on Lamello ball. Even uh, even what I believe was going to be a turnover, which turned into an incredible highlight. People are like, this guy's sick. He sees things 10 steps ahead. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving. Hold on real quick, Skeets. Those oh, were great highlights. My favorite thing I saw last night, though, that uh, was going around on you know the YouTube channels of things you got to see from last night was uh, we finally had a forehead-to-forehead between Ricky Rubio yeah. and Facundo Campazzo. Uh, basically, Rubio got upset that Campazzo like, kind of kneed him in the knee. And these two went straight up forehead to forehead. And then they backed away pretty quickly. But I was happy to see anytime we get um, an old my buddy Grish <laughs> throw down here. It only happens like two or three times a season. And I don't think I would have picked these two guys to be going forehead no. to forehead. Oh at no, all. it's it's rarely guards that do this. Definitely, this is a, this is a big man move, Tass. The forehead to forehead. So yeah, this is wild. Especially your guy Rubio there, uh, all fired up in the Cavs victory. <laughs> yeah, the two and two Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll talk about them. They deserve a little bit of chat. But Kevin Love put it perfectly. Rubio's teammate said, this would have been one of the worst fights of all time. <laughs> no faith in Rubio and Composite to scrap it out? Yeah. Come on, That's the, the little guys. the angriest I've ever seen Ricky Rubio's face. For sure. <laughs> Change sure. your face. Be happy. Uh, little guys put on a, a good show if you're... Now, if you're an MMA fan, they could have. They could have. <laughs> That's right. Okay, well, let's get to some teams here. We're going to ask this next question. Uh, Trey, you can go first. More disappointing start to their season. Uh, the Raptors... Or the Pacers, both losing again last night. Uh, they're still at one victory. 
these are two teams that, you know, tough to figure out, I think, heading into the season, but you could see them being good. You could see them maybe leaning into tank. What was more uh, disappointing, not just the loss last night, but the start to the season there, Trey? Well, no offense to my friends, but the Raptors were bad last year. Yep. They lost an all-star in Kyle Lowry. They have an all-star in Pascal Siakam, who's still sitting on the bench, and they lost to the best team in the NBA last night. Mm. So <laughs> I'm giving the Raptors a little bit of a pass for right now. So it's got to be the Pacers. They had a bummer season last year. Tons of injuries. They hated their coach. Got smoked out of the play play in tournament, but not a smooth start to this season either. They blew a 20-point lead to the Hornets in their season opener. They lost to the Wizards in overtime in a night where Miles Turner had a 40-point game, had an OT win against the Heat. Nice one. And then they lost last night uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks, which is fine. However, the Bucks were missing Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, and Bobby Portis. So you would hope to maybe steal a win there, but I'm not too upset about a loss to the Bucks. That being said, the losses uh, to the Hornets and Wizards, those ones are going to matter because it feels like the Pacers, Hornets, and Wizards could be competing for kind of the same spot, and this could matter. Uh, tiebreaker time once we get towards the end of the season. What it comes down to for me is that Rick Carlisle has not been the game changer for the Pacers yet. I think they'll get better as the season goes on, no doubt, but their big move of the summer was adding a coach. And if that's your biggest move, the team didn't change very much. They lost Doug McDermott. They brought in Chris Duarte in the draft. And unfortunately for the Pacers, he's been their best wing so far. They're just looking super shallow. It'd be nice to see TJ Warren back on the court at some point. It'd be nice to see Jeremy Lamb playing like he was before he got hurt last year. Right now, though, there's just not a lot to be excited about with the Pacers. Tess, what do you, uh, where do you go with this one? Is it the Raps or Pacers if you have to pick between just these two in the Eastern Conference for disappointing starts? Easy one for me. It's tuning into a Toronto Raptors game and watching what I watched. Uh, last night it, it, it's it's more you know it's hitting home right mm-hmm. now I, I agree with Trey obviously they've got beauty excuses uh, Pascal Siakam is a a very good player no matter what you think of him it's disappointing probably that he had his surgery so late in this calendar year that he's missing time whatever happened happened I don't know why it had to be so much later than the season uh, but you tune into a team and you're watching guys who can't hit layups uh, when when really it seems like there's enough talent on that team to be able to hit layups. Uh, But there's just a rotation that hasn't come together at all. There's guys doing a little too much like Precious Achua when Ken Birch was a solid center last year. They just haven't found a way to play together at this point because I think there's enough talent. They've had one really good half of basketball through their uh, first six halves of basketball sitting uh, where they are right now. And that's... Just disappointing. I know there's good excuses, but uh, it, it is disappointing. You just expect more from these NBA players that they should be able to execute a little bit better. But it's like they're all in the same space a lot of the time. The spacing is just bad. It just doesn't feel like a Nick Nurse team to this point. Van Vliet is being asked to do so much on this Raps team, and he's being stretched thin. And if you didn't watch the game, you're going to maybe look at the box score and go, "Wow, Van Vliet had 17 assists," which is Pretty damn impressive. He also had a really nice run there in like the final couple minutes, scored like eight points of his 15. Again, he sort of kept them in it, but he's having to conjure up something every single time on this squad right now, especially without Siakam. And he turned the ball over eight times. I thought he actually had a garbage first half and then had a really good second half. 
I don't know what the Bulls were doing here, Trey, too. I'd like to get to them and, and how great they played at times. And then, like, I thought Vucevic was shaving points in this game. It was amazing. He just kept, like, throwing the ball away. But <laughs> An yeah, insane fourth quarter from Vucevic. Insane. <laughs> some weird turnovers from uh, from the Bulls there and, and nearly let it slip away. Luckily, uh, DeRozan sort of hit some uh, timely jumpers there. But, Lee, just with the Raptors, what have you seen from them here early? You know, one and three. They're 0-3 at home, too. This was the thing. We're like, ah, oh, they were in Tampa. That was one hell of an excuse. Yeah. They're going to come home. They're going to win some of these games. And they haven't even won one yet in the Scotiabank Arena. No, but they've still got a positive net rating because they absolutely hammered the Boston <laughs> Celtics in their right. one victory. So uh, you can take something from that, perhaps. But yeah, it's it's weird that they were able to just go into Boston and get such a convincing victory when last night they were down 20, I think, in like the third quarter against yep. the Bulls there. Uh, now, they did make a run, and they could have almost stolen this one because it was pretty chaotic there at the end. Uh, but they are just... A a little bit out of sync right now. OG's been very good at times, uh, but I think their offense is just a little bit stagnant at the moment. They need to get a little bit more consistent production. So I think that's an adjustment. Kyle's not there, which they had to move on from him, but now Fred is the man. So it's like, okay, you have more expectations. You have more defensive focus. And without Pascal there, he isn't able to defer to another guy who can go out there and get a bucket. So uh, I think the Raptors will be okay. I mean, again, they, they uh, nearly sort of stole this one last night. If they could have gotten that, they'd be back to two, two and two but they didn't um defensively this game both teams kind of got good credit for their defense but i think it was more just some really really sloppy offensive possessions um you know both teams caruso caruso just lost the ball out of bounds i think zach levine did as well and then that last play where uh was it vucevic who passed it into the raptors front court and scotty barnes i think dunked it at the end it led to make it a two-point game i have no idea why nba players ever pass to the other team's front court ever under any circumstances because that could happen and that nearly cost them the game the last night but for the bulls and trey you know i'll let you sort of uh, take it from here how incredible is it to have a guy like DeRozan who saved the game won the game got to the free throw line got his little mid-rangers going because they're off stalled completely and Zach Levine you know he's very good he can score he can shoot but it was DeRozan last night who just said get out of the way fellas this is why I'm here you need some buckets I'll go get them I'll get fouled a couple of times and I think you finished perfect at the line 12 for 12 Uh, that is just such an important thing for Chicago to have a guy who they can rely on so heavily to get them some buckets late yeah, 10 for 10 from the line for DeRozan. The Bulls finished 21 for 22, Lee. You must have been loving it. But uh, oh, that fourth quarter, I think uh, I think uh, they went over to the bench. Billy Donovan read some tweets from J.E. Skeet saying, this guy's saying the Bulls are back, and he's going full temper boy tomorrow. <laughs> and then everybody but DeRozan pooped their pants. Uh, oh. it, was, it was terrible. Like, uh, they got to three wins and then won the first three quarters and said, we did it. We won four straight games in a row for Zach Levine, and that's what it looked like to me was the Bulls trying not to lose in the fourth quarter rather than just going out there and trying to win, playing the exact same way they had uh, for the first three quarters. I can't believe Vucevic ended up as a plus 14. That's crazy to me. He would have been like a plus a 25. Um, oh, I, I just know this guy's going to be this, the Bulls' scapegoat this year because they're a <laughs> tiny inside. He's their only yeah. big guy they have. He was sick coming into the game last night, and he was making me sick the way he was playing. He's not finishing inside. Uh, he's not rebounding. And like you're saying, Skeets, he was just throwing the ball away. getting <laughs> like He was bringing his guy to traps. He was getting trapped. It was a shock that he didn't foul Van Vliet on that last three-point attempt. Right. I was like... Yeah. Either this is going to go in and it's a four-point play and the Raptors are getting a win or we're going for three free throws. But somehow <laughs> yeah. it did not happen. But 
you can already see with like the way it went down last night, DeRozan literally carrying the Bulls, hitting fadeaway after fadeaway, looking like 2016 tomorrow back in Toronto again. Uh, the Bulls defense is going to stick out at some point, and it's going to be because they get crushed inside. And when that's the case, all eyes are going to be on Vucevic. And mm-hmm. I don't know. The, you said it last night, Skeets. He can score. Uh, he yeah, can pass. I- but it yeah. never looks cool. Like no. he's the only guy on the Bulls right now that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. He's just a Sorry weird to player because, like, you sort of at times, yeah, you want to hate him or you're like, what are you actually doing? But then you look at a box score and you're like, well, the guy just gave us like, you know, whatever, yeah. twenty points, seventeen and, and eight. And ten. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're like, all right, he's like basically always a twenty ten type of guy. He's pretty consistent, but yeah, definitely not cool. And uh, they they are. I mean, they got hammered on the boards big time. Uh, the Bulls did, but then the Raps just gave it all back in turnovers. I mean, sloppy play again. Like, I was going nuts on Van Vliet Tass. The first half, I was like, he missed Precious, like, on a fast break, just wasn't looking. The one five pick and roll between those two was, like, a turnover every time it felt like. They finally unlocked one late in the game. And again, I just, I just think Fred is being asked to do way too much for you know, his, his talent level, to be honest, like he cannot, he shouldn't be a number one guy on a team. I mean, I know he likes to bet on himself, but even that's a little too far. So maybe Siakam comes back and they find a little more groove offensively because he can't, he can't be doing everything. He played massive amount of minutes. And this is the thing. Nurse knows this. It's like, we have to have him out there. We can't do anything else. I mean, Barnes is a rookie. Yeah. He can sort of play make, but that you're asking too much from him. And OG, Flashes Lee at times, but I don't think he's had a great start to this to this season either. But Tass, anything else to add to the to the wraps here last night's game? Yeah, they could use another ball handler. That's why Malachi Flynn is uh, the favorite of Raps fans to get into the rotation. He was shooting after the game. He's putting in the effort. Get him in there, Nurse. Uh, I know it's uh, everybody's favorite thing to get on Nick Nurse right now because the rotations are funny. Uh, Van Vliet being asked to do a lot, uh, and as I said, Precious Chua doing a little too much ball handling out there. So, uh, yeah, it's a big clogger-dogger in that lane because no <laughs> one is, uh, is is going out to try and try, try and challenge the three-point shooters. Uh, a lot, anyway, because, uh, yeah, they, there's just not a lot of faith in the Raptors' scores. Uh, and uh, when you got, you know, Barnes is playing. They're playing off him, obviously. They're playing off the center, whoever is in that rotation. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised Chris Boucher isn't getting more minutes. Uh, it's it's going to take some time. Uh, and yeah, there should be more ball handlers out there. All right. Our final question here. Better first win. Lee, get us started here. The Pelicans or the Clippers off the schneid uh, getting their first W? Who are you going with? Yeah, I'm not too worried about the Clippers. Uh, despite being 0-2 before last night, both losses were close games. Uh, you know, could have been one, but they didn't. So they were due for one, and they got a really convincing one against Portland last night. So for me, the answer is the Pelicans, because I think they are just going to struggle for wins. Uh, but they looked like a decent team last night against the Wolves, and the Minnesota Timberwolves winning those first two games you can just tell this team just isn't ruthless enough. They should have gone out there and really uh, made it 3-0. and They should have been, and they could have been, because they're better than the Pelicans right now. But they weren't able to do that last night. And Brandon Ingram, talk about DeMar DeRozan. Brandon Ingram down the stretch for the Pelicans was yeah. really good in this one. Hit their last four field goals and uh, just looked like that all-star guy where he's like, I'm not falling into a hole here 0-3. I'm going to carry a, uh, my team to a victory here against an, an opponent that... You know, again, they beat the Rockets and then, of course, the Pelicans for the Wolves' first two games. But if if, if Minnesota is going to be better, they have to be able to uh, feast on these teams that they're better than. And they, they got down big last night. Anthony Edwards was huge for them in the third quarter. He had another great big dunk as well. 
But uh, this one wasn't actually that close in the end. The Pelicans were just too good. Valanciunas, I know we're going to get to him in a minute. He was fantastic for them. Uh, and, uh, and that's the thing. I mean, the Pelicans team... Any win is a good win for them right now. I'm not sure how many more they're going to get, but uh, they got on the board there last night. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves this morning are probably kicking themselves that this one was something that, you know, they could be three, you know, they could be the Bulls of the West. Right? <laughs> yeah. They unfortunately are not. What about you, Trey? Better first win. Was it New Orleans or LA? Well, it's got to be the Pelicans because not only was it their first win of the season, it was also Jonas Valanciunas' first 20-rebound game of the season. J.D., Roll that beautiful beef footage. Jonas Valanciunas had 23 rebounds. You think this is slicked back? <laughs> this is beefed back. That's a lot of roast beef. Which is rebounds. Oh, yeah. First 20-plus for Valanchunas. Nice to see. I got a bet with my buddy Big Smooth over a romantic roast beef dinner. I said the line for this season is 40. We're up to three already. Yeah. Could we get there? Only time will tell. But nice win for the Pelicans. I think they needed it more because, Lee was like Lee was saying about the Timberwolves, the same is true for the Pelicans. You have to beat the teams that you can beat. And it's like these two teams, they're probably going to be in the mix for a play-in tournament spot as well, depending on how things play out this season. So to go 2-0 down in the season series could have been bad news bears uh, for the Pelicans. That being said, the Clippers, definitely a more impressive win. They forced 30 turnovers, hit 14 threes, and won by 30. And really, that's going to be how they succeed, right? Like, they're going to be a small team. There's no doubt about it. Isaiah Hartenstein was getting some run out there last night. But it's going to be trapping and trying to force turnovers against a team like the Blazers, who are going to be a perimeter-based team. They've got a lot of small guys, so you got to play fast. You're not going to crush anybody on the glass, so you got to get out in transition, get some open threes. And that's exactly what the Clippers did last night. Looked like the Clippers. Yeah, the truth is I could have included the Blazers in that last question on what you got there, Tass. Most disappointing start, uh, Raptors, Pacers, or Blazers. I kept it to the Eastern Conference. But back to this one, what was the more impressive or better first win to you, Pelicans or Clips? Well, I think the the Wolves losing to the Pelicans just kind of shows that it's tough to beat the same team two games in a row. They did beat the Pelicans uh, the first time when they played them, and then they had a back-to-back with them, and then they lost the second time. We saw what happened with the Knicks and the Magic. Same thing happened. Knicks took care of them the first time. And then they lost the second time. It takes a good team to do that. Yeah. It, it, like the 4 0 Chicago Bulls beating the Detroit Pistons twice right. the first week of the season. <laughs> only the great nice. teams do it. <laughs> only the only the very good ones, for sure. Uh, and a, uh, a very good guy got his first win with the New Orleans Pelicans as their head coach, Willie Green, who everybody loves, been around the league for a long time. Willie did it, and everybody extremely happy for for Willie Green. Anybody who's come across him in his journeyman career as a player, he was always that guard that would always sort of get a job. You're Anthony Tolliver of the backcourt, I would call him, (laughs) I guess. Uh, Yeah, good for him as as the coach of the Pels. Um, Any other games you guys wanted to touch on uh, before we head to our first break, and then we'll get into recapping uh, week one of the NBA season. You have your eye on any other games there last night, Tess? I sure did. It was a great slate. Uh, I thought this stat was nuts. Kevin Durant reached 24,000 points in his 888th career game 
Allen Iverson did the exact same thing. 888 games oh. to get to 24,000. <laughs> Weird. Uh, Bruce Brown started for the first time uh, for the Nets this year. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a surprise that the Wiz backcourt struggled against Bruce Brown and that flavor he brings defensively. It's not all just him, but he brings that energy. So the change for Nash uh, and the Nets to go back to the guy who was their sort of that that energizer bunny as a, a center who doesn't play center. He's just, he's just out there to be tough. So they win because Bruce Brown is back in the lineup. They smashed uh, the Wizards. I said the Cavs, I, and I, speaking of defense, the Cavs, if you just watch them, it is so hard for guards to score against them because they're starting Evan Mobley, the rook, and they're starting Jared Allen as their 4-5. And if you're running a pick and roll of 1-4, 1-5, it's just so hard with those two guys that are ready to move their feet. Denver's backcourt yesterday against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who went into Denver and won, scored a combined 14 points. You may say, okay, Facundo, Composo, Monte Morris, whatever. But the Cavs did it two games in a row. They stopped uh, Trey Young on Saturday. He was 8 for 22, and Bogdanovich was 2 for 7. It's just hard. I'm sure teams are going to start to go uh, at Larry Markinen a little bit more in, in the Cavs' starting lineup uh, because – Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, it is incredible. They have guard feet in center bodies, and uh, it's tough. People question the Jared Allen contract, five for 100, because they didn't know his name, but he does absolutely everything a coach wants. He was 10 of 11 last night. He's been 11 of 11 in a previous yeah. game. So this guy this missed year. a shot, basically. Yeah. He's a Duncan machine. Guy who hasn't missed a free throw all season. Speaking of guys who haven't missed a shot, LaMelo Ball. It's only seven for seven, okay. uh, but but the, the shooting the shooting from him is hat four of eight uh, per game from the three point land. Mm. Where did that come from? Where he's shooting fifty percent. The guy can't. He's taking eight threes a game. He shot whatever it was in in Australia for that one year. It was a, you know a quick year, but it was about twenty five percent from three point land. And uh, to be doing what he's doing, I know it's not a surprise because of his rookie year, but the shot. Uh, is uh, it's pretty incredible that he's that yeah. he's got that continuing on from last year. He's not even the best player on his team. Miles Bridges, Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Player of the Week. <laughs> incredible stuff. Uh, Lee, what were you zeroed in on last night? Was it the Hornets-Celtics uh, game or something else? Well, that's where I started the night, of course. Yeah. Uh, but when I woke up this morning, I really was shocked to see that the Cavs won in Denver. I mean, that's obviously one of the toughest places to play anyway. And they got a good win. And Kevin Love coming off the bench, scoring 22 points for them. I mean, we sort of... It's sort of shocked that he's still on that team, um, and he's shown some moments uh, last season, especially kind of pouting and not really uh, being a, a team guy. But he's sort of accepted that role, and if he can play that, I think it's great because it gives the uh, Cavs a veteran who can come out and score. But it also sort of shows to other teams like, hey, maybe it's worth taking a flyer on Kevin Love. Maybe that sort of, uh, you know, that, that tantrum that he threw there last year is behind him now because he would love to obviously be on a team that's contending for a, a championship, and the Cavs aren't doing that. But I think the best way to increase his appeal to other teams is just, just to play hard and to accept the role. So yeah. good on him for that. I'll show a little love to uh, Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. I mean, they punked the Magic last night, 107-90. But Jimmy, 36 points, 15 of 21 shooting, and they were all inside. He had 10 baskets from inside 10 feet. He was just giving it to the young Magic guards. And he had struggled to start the season. Not that the Magic really had, but he had in terms of shooting the ball. So this was a bit of a breakout for him. And then Tatum, too, with 41 for the Celtics. 
him and Brown, Jalen finally having a good game at the exact same time. Uh, they sort of kept trading it off where you have a monster night and I'll struggle. And then, no, you have a monster night and I'll struggle. But they put it together, and that was a big uh, big part of them coming back against the Celtic, excuse me, the Hornets and getting the victory in overtime. Anything we're missing, TK? Uh, I think we nailed everything except for the Hawks. Hawks won last night. Mm. Another big dunk from John Collins. Looks like that's his one dunk that he's just going to do on everybody. Yep. The one-handed alley-oop over somebody who happens to be standing at the rim. Nice stuff. 32 for Trey Young. Nine assists. Same old, same old for the Hawks. A big dunk and a big game from Trey Young. Well, that's exactly it. That's a good thing. When we when you stop even getting really mentioned, I mean, you beat a crappy team. You hammered them. Took care of business. And that's what the, the more elite teams do in this league. So good for the Hawks. Yeah, they're... They're proving me wrong early here. I was like, ah, let's temper expectations. Everybody's got them like, oh, they might be flirting with the third seed in the East. I look like I could be wrong. I know we'll get to more predictions that uh, maybe are uh, off to a great start or have started bad. Uh, They would be in the mix for uh, predictions maybe I had wrong. Okay, let's take our first break. When we come back, a little one-week-in recap. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When someone says GP, do you think of Grammarly Premium, Gary Payton, or Grand Prix? More, TK. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe that it's Grammarly Premium right now. Oh, it probably on, is. No. If somebody said GP to me, the first thing I would think is Grammarly Premium. <laughs> really? I think I still go At with the code player. no dunks yeah, for yeah. 20% off. Okay. Uh, Lee, what about you? We know you love Grammarly. Do you think of Grammarly Premium when I say GP, or do you think of uh, the glove? Uh, I'm still the glove, GP, yeah. 20, okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> what about, Carl says, what about general practitioner? <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> also, also a possibility. Uh, okay, so we're one week in here to the NBA season. A few questions for you guys. First one, Tass. Biggest surprise, team, player, I mean, really whatever you want, uh, you know, one week in, where you go? Pretty surprised that Iman Shumpert is killing it on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> oh, um, but also surprised that the Golden State Warriors are one of the three remaining undefeated teams. Just check who they're playing. Now, of course, we expected Steph to be good, but let's look up and down the roster for okay. a sec. Steph and Dre, of course, they're killing it. They're waiting for Clay to come back. So who are the guys filling out this undefeated roster right now that ran the California gauntlet, beat both L.A. teams and Sacramento, <laughs> and they haven't played themselves quite yet. But Jordan Poole is chipping in right now, doing his thing. Andrew Wiggins... They didn't even know if he'd be playing. He got vaccinated. He's playing. And Kevon Looney, that's their starting lineup. Then, guys who were sort of cast off by their teams, Otto Porter, Nemanja Bielica. You guys mentioned GP. They've got a Gary Payton on their team uh, who's just – he's our 15th man. They debated, are we going to keep him around? He's playing minutes. He's hitting threes. What? He's known as a defensive guy. Juan Toscana-Anderson and Damian Lee, who were there last year. The young guys aren't playing at all. Uh, I I think the fact that they beat both those L.A. teams, uh, it's – it is a surprise through week one. Of course, um, we know Steph is going to score 30-plus. That's what he's doing already. Uh, But uh, it's – 
it's a, still a surprise to me that we haven't reached the, the clay part of the portion of their season, and uh, we're seeing them undefeated. Steph came into the year saying we kind of have three portions of our year, three, three years that were three sections of our year that we're dividing it into the pre clay that we're just trying to figure it out, then with clay to figure it out, and then the postseason. And I'm sure he's surprised that they've started this great. That's the the sign of a very, very good training camp. So I would say that on a macro level is the biggest thing. And then a micro level is Giannis Tetacumpo's sped up free throw routine. Just didn't see it coming. Just didn't see it coming. He's, he's loyal to the old routine, you know? Yeah. Uh, he just loved it. But uh, he's back up over 70%, like he has been for a few years. It's the playoffs. He slows down. Um Hopefully not literally, but the stats-wise, yeah, he, he was just he was bad. Under 60 last the last couple postseasons, but he's back to where he used to be. So uh, that, that's a surprise to me. I, I don't know. I thought he'd be a stubborn Greek like me. I'm going 15 <laughs> seconds. I'm the MVP. I'll do whatever the I want. But uh, it's fast now. Well, he also yeah. went 17 for 19 in that closeout game uh, against the Suns last year and still decided to change up the routine. Yeah. If I go 17 for 19 and win a championship in a 50-point game, I'm sticking with it, but I guess that's why I never get better every year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, like, I think people have, like, timed it now. It's, like, half the time task. Like, where it was generally taking 10 seconds because he dribbled, dribbled, dribbled. Uh, now it's down to five seconds. He's got that one dribble and he lets it fly. And yeah, shooting 70, 72.5% at the line through four games compared to 65.8% over the last two seasons combined. That's a nice little jump for a guy that gets to the line a ton. So yeah, I had that in my notes as well. Um, but I I really like your call there with uh, your, your team surprise in the Warriors. I have a question. I know Trey's answer, so I won't even ask him. But of the three remaining undefeated teams, Lee, Who's lasting the longest? Is it going to be the Bulls, the Warriors, or the Jazz, who uh, are 2-0 and and play again tonight? Yeah, if you're a guessing man. Where you well, going? yeah, I'd like to check their schedules uh, <laughs> first. I, I, I think, uh, oh, man, I'll give me the Bulls. Why not? Oh, the Bulls schedule run. gets very, yeah. very difficult, but hey, they look great. They don't play till Friday, which certainly helps as ah, well. Or no, it might be the last team standing. Yeah, I, I yeah. like that. Okay, let's let's go to you uh, next here, Trey. Um, biggest surprise one weekend. Well, a couple little guys that are struggling out of the gate. Damian Lillard, 17 points per game on 36% shooting. Ooh. I imagine he will improve. Also, Michael Porter Jr., 11 points per game on 38% shooting. Not liking the look at either of those guys to start the season, but in a good surprise, I'm going to give a shout out to the Wizards. We barely talked about them in our season preview, but somehow they're 2-1 and one right now, and as everybody expected, they've got a bottom 10 offense and a top 10 defense. What? Okay, that's surprising to me. Lost to the Nets last night, but they've been okay to start the season, even with Bradley Beal not playing his best. He's only at 21 a game on 36% shooting, but Spencer Dinwiddie, has been picking up the slack. 19 points per game, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. He's shooting 42 from the field, 53 from 3. Also hasn't missed a free throw yet. And I just think it's worked out nice for the Wizards to start the season. They turned one Russell Westbrook into four rotation players. It's nice to have a rotation if you're the Wizards. Even if KCP hasn't been great, Kuzma's been okay, Harrell's been pretty good. Yep. The wins for the Wizards so far against the Raptors and Pacers, those could matter long-term yep. once we get into the play-in tournament portion of the season. So uh, good stuff from the Wizards to start the year. I like it. Lee, what about you? What's a bigger surprise than that shirt you're wearing today? <laughs> well, the, the, it's not a surprise that the leaf blower is going right now as it's my turn to talk here. Uh, nice. But no, I'm just going to – 
go a little bit more on Lillard because he's 2 for 24 from three-point range this season. He was 0 for 8 last night. He was 0 for 9 in the opener against the Sacramento Kings and 2 for 7 in the other game there. Uh, yeah, he just is odd. I, I would have expected Lillard. Remember, he had that big sort of uh, talk before the season saying, um, you know, I, look, I spoke with uh, Chauncey Billups and I want to stay here because there was speculation. Henry Abbott saying that he wanted out of there. He, he refuted that and said no. But then he's come out here and uh, really struggled to get things going at the start. So he will bounce back because it's Lillard. He's great. But uh, I don't think I can remember really a stretch of this sort of bad shooting from him, uh, even though it's only three games, uh, you know, sort of any time in his career. Like he's in 36% from the field in total, but 8.3% from downtown. So uh, expect that to change. And with it, the Blazers probably pick up a few more wins here. But uh, one blowout, very impressive victory over the Phoenix Suns. Other two losses, uh, not so nice there. I'll go with uh, maybe a little bit of a shocking surprise. We talked about him yesterday. James Harden, his sort of slow start. Nets just be in two and two. They'll be fine. We all know that. But I bring it up because I wanted to share this stat that I heard on the Athletic NBA show over the weekend from uh, Andrew Schlecht, who, of course, filled in for JD uh, last year for No Dunks There producing, and Alex, uh, his co-host. This is just cool because it shows maybe the importance of starting strong, like a season, like the Bulls, I guess, going 4-0. and Since the 99-2000 season, only one team that made it to the finals, so 44 teams total, had below a 500 record after 10 games. Just one started slow, if you want to call it that, after 10 games. Any guesses? I don't know if you guys heard the podcast. Any guesses as to which team that was? Was it the Heat in 2011? Or no, but you're, you're on the right Dallas path. Mavericks? No, no. I was going to say on the right path oh. with a key player on that team. So uh, maybe that'll maybe that'll get the you there. Wade 0506 Heat? No, the LeBron's seventeen eighteen Cavaliers. Mm. Yes, Ooh, LeBron's Cavs there in in seventeen eighteen, and that was Wade was on that team at the start of the season. <laughs> they were <laughs> nice, completely yeah. different by the end of the year. But I just thought that was mm. fascinating. Uh, they crunched the numbers on average. All these teams that get to the finals again since ninety nine two thousand, their records like seven and three. So they're like good teams, like uh, basically from the jump. Outside of the Cavs, they were uh, the only team that had a. A, a below 500 record. I thought that was fascinating. So, you know, something to watch, Lee, as we get to uh, the 10 game mark. Who will, uh, you know, will the Nets be four and six? Will, uh, I don't think it'll be the Jazz, but will the Bucks be that? No, probably not. Usually the good teams start strong and they're pretty decent and they go all the way to the final. So it's a real Atlanta stuff. Braves situation. Mm, good point. Atlanta yeah. Braves weren't above 500 until their 111th game mm, that's crazy. of the season. Latest ever for a World Series finalist did uh, you have cool any step, luck bro. with uh, world series tickets there anybody no yes, no, no no okay oh you're trying there <laughs> sorry yeah, to bring I'm trying this morning yeah but they were on sale to the public it was only the insiders yesterday i got through to the part where it's like put in your promo code didn't have one i tried a few different things oh no yeah you were t- yes, uh, <laughs> what, what codes did you try yeah what'd you braves play? one two three braves two braves fair, 80, fair, fair. uh 95 i thought braves 95 tried them all but okay like will fall into a ticket you never know okay our next question here one weekend you know i had to ask it because <laughs> I'm a sucker. Um, MVP, just an early season MVP. Who's uh, who's at the at the table? Who's in the conversation tray? Off the court, this guy is the easy MVP. Bing 
bong. <laughs> That's true. Easy. Easy MVP yep. through the first wow. week of the season. It's a little yep. bit tougher call on the court. However, and I'm going with Ja Morant as my week one MVP. For me, it came down to him and LaMelo. A couple of choices for first-time All-Stars this year. But right now, Ja is leading the league in points per game at 35. Also leading the league in PER. He's adding eight assists per game, three rebounds per game. The splits are great. 58 from the field, 44 from three. And it feels like Allen Iverson in 2001 again. Basically, the Grizzlies have one spectacular player who's going to try harder than anybody else on the court, massive force of personality, and everyone else is bought in because the next two Grizzlies leading scorers are Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton. Wow. Yeah, exactly. People that... uh, Sickos will know, but casuals, not so much. The Grizzlies right now, 2-1, and one, just a missed free throw away, basically, from being 3-0, and oh, which almost tilted it to LaMelo Ball, uh, giving him the MVP. Uh, but ultimately, I got to go with Ja for now. Though, uh, if you want to take LaMelo, Lee, I would be happy to hear that. Well, it was down to LaMelo or Ja for me, so I will take LaMelo. Why not? He has been incredible, and, uh, yeah, he doesn't have quite the same scoring there as Ja Morant, but he's not quite that same player, but shooting fantastically well as well, 47% from the field, 50%, and then he is 100% from the free throw line there. So uh, this is great. I mean, these these two stars, I think he can almost lock them both in for the All-Star game unless they were somehow to just completely fall away or get injured because uh, they've both really lived up to the hype. And LaMelo, that shot, I mean, it's not pretty. And even when he shoots, he sort of like like walks in. He doesn't almost yeah. feel that confident. Like yeah. it's, he's trying to will the ball to go in. But they've been clean. Last night, he swished several of those ones. So uh, it's great to see. And uh, yeah, the Grizzlies could have just maybe stolen that game off the Lakers. But other than that, I mean, Ja Morant has been absolutely unbelievable to start this season. So he doesn't either have the beautiful stroke of a shot, but it's going in. And that's all that counts. So uh, great to see these two young stars uh, really living up to their hype okay these guys have fallen in love with the shiny new toys Tass. what about what about the uh what about the old faithful what about curry what about Giannis? is there a case mm. to be made for those guys one weekend mm. of course of course uh it's it's easy to go with staff or Giannis. that's a little boring though at this point let's give it to jaw here one weekend because he may not be up there you know months from now he should right. be making his first all-star appearance that should be the plan for John Morant. But since we don't know um, if he's going to be in this conversation months from now, let's give it to him at this one week mark. The big one week mark. We're talking <laughs> right from the get go, baby. Uh, and yeah. just been really good for two years. Uh, but this has been, yeah, this has been incredible. Uh, the way he's decided to to score whenever he wants <laughs> to, to really just get into the lane and, and somehow somehow just sneak into those little crevices to be a 35 ppg for a guy like that uh it's it's been it's been amazing to watch him who's the bulls mvp trey in their uh, perfect season so far who, who do you give it to i think that's sort of difficult we know it's not vooch but uh <laughs> where do you go uh i still think it's probably levine uh, I think he's ultimately okay. the guy. He had two 30-point games. He's been really efficient outside of last night's game, and he's been making plays defensively as well. So I think it's probably Levine, but, I mean, DeRozan was making a case last night, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, he was the closer for sure. Okay, our final one here. What's your best or worst prediction so far? So you can you can hit us with 
both. You can hit it with just one. I'll get us started. Um, I feel like I've been wrong about a lot of stuff early in this year, uh, especially when it comes to Pick'em, which we'll get to. But one that I maybe have hit is uh, my sixth man of the year pick which was Tyler Hero there of the Heat. I think Tassa shared that with all of you. It was one of the season preview shows that I missed. He is balling for Miami right now. 23-7, and seven, 5 as well off the pint. 23-7-5 for Miami. Now he gets lots of minutes coming off the bench, 32 minutes per game. But it's pretty insane because he could be even playing better. He's only shooting 34.8% from distance. He's a, he's a career 37% three-point shooter, so that might even tick up. A wild fact is he's yet to register a steal or a block, <laughs> but that's okay. He's not out there for that. He is out there to get buckets, and uh, 23.75 is great. He's also credited Kyle Lowry with some of his early success. I thought it was interesting. He said, quote, my first two years in the league, I didn't really have a point guard that could get everyone organized to their spots. That's no knock on my previous teammates, though it might be a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it's just the way that Kyle gets everyone to their spots, how he's a leader, he just understands the game in a way that not many people do. So uh, I thought that was a, a fun little line there from Tyler Hero, who there are other guys in the mix. I think Montrez Harrell, I think, too, a uh, six-man candidate. You know, Clarkson's going to be there, a couple other guys. But Tyler Hero so far, Tass, looking pretty good. So maybe I got one of these right after one week at least. But where do you go for your best or worst prediction so far? I didn't go through all of them, but I also had Tyler Hero as a six-man. So I'll, I'll go with that because when you invoke the names of Trey Young and Luka Doncic before the season, you say, I should be in that category with those guys. You got to perform. And Tyler Hero did that. He said, I want to be, be part of that conversation. He obviously had that rough, rough playoff run last year. He averaged nine points in that uh, embarrassing loss to the Milwaukee Bucks in, in four straight. But he looks like a, the player that took over the league in the bubble. He looks like that same guy. He came out in the preseason. So I'm not really buying this Kyle Lowry thing. He's just coming out and scoring whenever he wants. Just give him the ball. He's the point guard. Uh, he came out in preseason. He scored 51 points in his first 50 minutes. He had a 16-point quarter. He was just hot. Uh, he's, he's on a perfect team for him, too, because Kyle's not going to take a ton of shots from him. They need a, a creator. And so, yeah, he's should should be up there um you know he's like in that jordan clarkson role uh, that clarkson won last year it's tyler hero gets on the floor he can take whatever shot he wants lee let's go to you next best or worst prediction well uh i, I guess i didn't really predict this as a six man of the year but patty mills is the most underrated signing i think uh mm -hmm. is really paying off right now i think he has probably been brooklyn's second best player there yeah, i mean I, you know james harden will get better but he's uh, struggling a little bit by his normal standards but patty has been giving them buckets off the bench at 14 and a half a game 52 percent from downtown 64 percent from three-point range for patty mills coming wow. off the bench uh but he really has given them that injection. He he understands his role. He's a veteran. He's played it so much in San Antonio. And he goes to a situation in Brooklyn where it's come out, fire away, Patty, like Tyler Hero. Just come out there and shoot and score. You're not really out there to defend or rebound or anything like that. You're out there to keep that scoreboard ticking over. And he's doing that. He nailed his first 10 for the season. And uh, then he got cool a little bit there yes, uh, Sunday against the Charlotte Hornets, but hit another five there last night. So, uh, Patty, and I've been seeing people uh, on the tweets like, how did the Nets get Patty Mills so cheaply how did he go uh there you know how come no other other team picked him up patty's great and uh he's got a player option on that second year as well at six mil so uh Ooh, patty, man. yeah patty could find himself uh walking into a few big bucks next season too do you think uh patty mills will go in the three-point competition this year has he ever been in i don't think I so him. no i don't believe he has so yeah he should go in it 
Why not? Yeah. I'd like to see him gun away off the yeah. rack there. Okay. Uh, Patty Mills. Do you have a, do you have one maybe you've uh, botched here early or you're not feeling that great about it? Oh, let's not, uh, let's not go down that path. Oh, is come it? on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 sort of, I sort of corrected myself anyway with the Matisse Thibault most improved. Um, okay. Yeah, he just can't score enough. But, uh, you know, in Friday night's game, when he gets out and runs, it's like that's how you can cash in and get a few extra buckets. But he doesn't quite do it enough. So, uh, yeah, I'm not pulling back the Trey Young MVP yet. I think okay. uh, I'm going to hold on to that one. Yeah. I think uh, that that loss now to Cleveland doesn't actually look as bad, seeing the Cavs playing well in all their games and then going to Denver and getting a win. So uh, I'm going to hold on to that one. I mean, you can't you can't just put that genie back in the bottle so soon. You got to give it at least a month, two months. Oh, no, that's see. fine. I mean, yeah. and like you're you're banking on the Hawks maybe having the best record in the East or top two record in the East. And yeah. Like, and going to be fact, in the conversation if that's the case. Yeah. And the fact is, you know, th- those other heavier MVP picks, Doncic is not really in the conversation a week in. No. Giannis, you know, same, not coming oh, yeah. around. So you've got, like we're saying, Lamelo and Jam Are they at a high water mark right now? They might come back to the pack here. That's when Trey can pounce. Okay. Okay. Um, well, let's go to our Trey. Best or worst prediction so far? My worst prediction is the Lakers winning the Western Conference Finals, which is why my best prediction was when I pulled a Tyler Matzik and hit him with a curveball to change it to the Warriors winning the West. Because like Tess is saying, the Warriors have been much more impressive uh, than the Lakers to start the season. The Warriors kind of look like they're back to at least what we expected they would be once KD went to Brooklyn. And, you know, obviously injuries derailed their season a couple of years ago when they were opening the Chase Center. But Steph is balling and they're getting contributions from a bunch of role players who maybe you would not have expected. We'll see if it continues for this season, but guys like Poole and Bielitsa and Damian Lee have all been contributing. I think they're going to get something from Clay. I mean, they probably won't get top-notch Clay, but if he can be 90% of what he was prior to the injuries and the other players that are playing well for the Warriors right now continue to contribute, they're going to look good come playoff time because Curry is still just a special, special guy. He makes everybody better, and the defense has been solid, and Draymond has been great, so I think those things shall continue. Meanwhile, the Lakers are trying to figure out how to play basketball together, and I don't know. They're just uh, not an inspiring watch early in the season. No, no, but, I mean, I know Tass talked about this a lot. This was sort of expected with the Lakers, maybe uh, them trying to figure it out at least, and I don't think anybody's going to panic too much. Uh, Tass, have you even, have you started panicking when it comes to how the Lakers are playing and how they look with Westbrook trying to fit in there and all these old guys, or are you still like, no, let's at least give it a couple weeks here? The fact that LeBron and Anthony Davis look so freaking good, Makes me not panic whatsoever, right? Like they're going to reel them back, and those guys have come in looking like potential MVP candidates. If you know the Lakers pick it up a little bit, so nah, you can't worry with those two dudes leading the way. They'll they'll rally the troops. They'll be all right. Okay, that's a fun question for everybody out there. Let us know here in the stream team in the YouTube comments. Tweet at us at No Dunk Sink. Uh, some of your predictions that you're uh, feeling pretty confident about. Some that are maybe off to a bad start. MVP one weekend, biggest surprises, all that good stuff. Okay, we gotta take one more break. When we come back, though, a fun tweet of the night from Lily and uh, Pick'em results. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. 
Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Yeah, that's my little spoiler, guys. I might have a ticket for uh, Sunday night's game five game, if it goes game to, to five games. But uh, mm. I, I, I will not even share how much it's going for. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite frankly uh, sickened by uh, the, the, the number. But hey, Say World it out never loud. Been. No, it's not actually not bad. It's not too bad. Uh, 580 nosebleeds. Oh, that's fine. That's not bad, yeah. But Nice. You know, it's also not great. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not like a giant Braves fan, so that's a weird part. But hey, World Series in town. Let's go check it out. But then it won't even go to five. Watch the Braves sweep them starting tonight. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. What do you got, Lily? Yeah, so this one comes from uh, It's Whitney on Twitter, Whitney Medworth there, uh, and she was keeping us up to date with Iman Shumpert's progress on Dancing with the Stars because here he is with his partner, Daniela, last night and their routine. Uh, Check it out. Really into this, Ailey. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That's the best part there. Look at that. Uh, Didn't know if you were ever going to say something. Wait for it. Wait for it. You can't even hear the music. So just talk over it. Now, they scored four perfect tens. 40 out of 40 for that routine there. Iman Chump. Uh, Incredible stuff there. Really, really good stuff to see. So uh, well done to Iman. 
had LeBron tweeting about it, had Dwayne Wade tweeting about it. Thought it was great. So, uh, well done, Iman Shumpert and Daniela. Yeah, JD, can you play it again so Lee can give us commentary over it next time? There wasn't a ton of dancing, though. Well, uh, uh, I mean, a great performance. Yeah, choreography yeah. is great, though. You know, the timing mm-hmm. there. That was and, uh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. I will, Knocked it out of the park. I'm with Tass here. Um, I saw it going around on Twitter last night. 40 for 40. Perfect performance. I'm thinking, this is great. I've had a long-standing theory. Every NBA guard is good at dancing. Yeah, so we're going right. to see Amon Shumpert really cutting a rug out here. That was lifting with the stars. He was just picking her up, putting her in her on his shoulders, carrying her from side to side, and doing the choreography, that wasn't dancing, though. Wow. I'm giving him an 8 of 10. Lee, respond. (laughs) Well, I've seen plenty of these dancing shows, and you know how important it is to be in sync the whole time. Like, if you're out of sync at any point, you're almost guaranteed to not get a perfect score. So they were, like, working. It's like the pick and roll, the perfect pick and roll there. They were just finishing every single time. So I, I was very impressed with it because it seems so smooth and when when he like puts her up on her shoulders like that and drops her down i mean i always feel so nervous when i see it's like when you see the cheerleaders get flung up in the air like that you're like oh my god they must have so many accidents that you don't see until you see you know when they when you watch the game they do it fine but like behind the scenes there must be plenty of accidents so uh you know, he almost did you notice that he almost fell the one time a couple of times yeah and yeah, when he was walking like, it looks down like the he steps falls off the stage yeah, yeah 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 and that's the thing that that trust and that uh that communication and connection there like you put so much faith in the other person remembering where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing like to catch you right. because if you don't i mean boom off the stage you go so i, I just think it's amazing they got a 40 out of 40 uh dancing to no music you can just feel it people music, are like you know? what i thought my internet dropped i couldn't hear anything yeah jd can you run it back in complete silence one more time here oh my god <laughs> i got five on it that's the percent of volume that was playing <laughs> you need a sonos on it is what you mean all right. I, I thought that was going to go a little differently than it was, but shout out to uh, Iman Shumpert. I, I mean, uh, whatever. Uh, all right, pick results brought to you by BetMGM. Bulls-Raptors uh, was the game. Oh, man. The Bulls pull out the victory, yes, and the victory when it comes to pickups. That's a that's a win for Trey and Lee. They had to win by three or more, and they just did. Oh, barely. Uh, Man, if Van Vliet attacks Vucevic and just tries to take the easy two, then maybe they cover. But, of course, he was going for the three to tie it up and missed that. So, congrats to Trey and Lee. Lee's four and one. Trey's three and two. Tass and I with the L's having to back our wraps. We are both one and four to start this year. Uh, five games on tonight, Tass. Where are we going? Well, Denver and Utah. You'd think that this line would be a little bit closer, but Denver coming off a back-to-back is a seven-and-a-half-point dog. Going to visit the undefeated Utah Jazz. We're at two and zero, seven and a half points uh, for the Jazz. So when I threw this in the Slack, this is our game. I let it off with the saxophone. I, I jumped into Lee's emoji bag. I thought we were. I thought we were all going to scat. We're all going to play our different instruments because. All the emojis are there to, to, you know, belt out a keyboard if you want, or trumpet, trombone, whatever you want. Uh, but Lee just, we're just jazzing it up. Lee threw out a sax as well. We're both playing the alto, it looks like, I think. 
Um, and uh, what the heck is going on with the, the skeets and the trade bombs here? <laughs> well, I mean, once I saw you dip your toes into the emoji pool, I knew I had to throw it in there. <laughs> skeets is up next. I was honestly worried when I saw the game that we were picking from come through, Task, because I was like, if Lee even responds with mountains here, there's no way that I'm going to know if it stands for the Denver Nuggets or the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, y'all came through with the woodwind instrument. Uh, as for me, I'm going with the Nuggets just on a on a bounce back game sort of here. They uh, right. they could use this one against Utah, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's a that's a I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not totally yeah. into this. I'm not totally okay. into this. I'd love to well, see somebody go for it. Yeah, gotta have somebody swerve. Lean in the beam. Uh, so three of us taking the Jazz to win by eight or more points, and and Trey's hoping it's a close game or even a Denver win. Can they? Uh, Hand Utah their first loss of the season. We'll find out. That one's on TNT tonight. That's the uh, the late game. Uh, things get started with the Sixers at the Knicks. Oh, back to MSG. That's the first game on TNT. We also have Warriors Thunder tonight, Rockets Mavs, Lakers Spurs, and then, like I said, Nuggets Jazz. Okay, calling it there. Thank you so much to the stream team for joining us live. Everybody subscribe. Hit the like button. Drop us a comment. Email us your NBA questions for our next Beach Steppin' podcast. You got time. Send them in to nodunksattheathletic.com. Hit us up on Twitter at nodunksinc. We're also on Instagram and TikTok if you're up for a laugh. No breaks tomorrow afternoon. Uh, TK with our guy Graydon Gordian talking about the uh, USGP, which may, may or may not stand for Grammarly Premium. Uh, <laughs> the US Gary Payton coming at you. Uh, mm-hmm. All of the races, what's going on in the F1 world. That's no breaks later in the afternoon. We'll be back, though, in the morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. So join us then and grab yourself an athletic subscription, theathletic.com slash no dunks. I did see somebody in the YouTube comments yesterday saying, uh, you know, I I immediately try and hit the skip button when you guys start doing your ad reads. You know, I I would I think they said I would pay money for you know a no dunks podcast without ad reads. Well guess what? You can do that. You can get yourself an athletic subscription. That's right. And then all of our podcasts over there on the athletic app, there's no ad reads, so you want to do that have at it you can absolutely enjoy the show without the ad reads um no skips says dale (laughs) that's right dale respect okay thanks everybody we'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m eastern clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember tomorrow's episode of no dunks is actually going to be called no skips and it's just going to be ads wall to wall ads see if you like that Brace the day, people.